are back in Ephesians. And we've been going through the entire book of Ephesians. And there are some things, there are are some spiritual precepts that we should know up to this point. We're going to be in chapter 5 this morning. And there are some spiritual precepts. There are some things that should govern the way that we think, the way that we act. In Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, we've learned this. I am chosen by God before the foundations of the world. That is important. Before God laid the foundations of the world, you were on his heart already. I am am adopted into God's family through Jesus Christ. Through the sacrifice of the cross, through the bloodshed, we are adopted into God's family We have a spiritual inheritance given to us by predestination. God has predestined us in this place to have a spiritual inheritance. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. When you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit sealed your salvation. We are a fellow citizen of heaven. We are not a minority in heaven. We're not a little less. We're a fellow citizen in heaven. We are a fellow heir and a partaker of the promise. These are all things that through this point should be Guidelines for how we act and how we live. Because now that we've entered chapter 4 and 5 and even 6, we are learning that we should walk worthy of the calling, that we should put off the old ways of life, that we should speak the truth, that, she, that we should walk carefully And that we should walk in the light. See, the Christian life this morning is more than just what some may portray it to be. We live in a society where we see a lot of the, you can be a better person. You can um, do so many great things. You have potential. You have purpose. And all those things are correct. But It's not the big picture. Those are only um, benefits of being a child of God. Ephesians, what the book of Ephesians is doing uh, to us, what it's showing us this morning is that there are certain steps to take. Because by the time we get to chapter 6, you're going to realize that you are in a spiritual warfare. That you are in a battle Not alone, but you're in a spiritual battle. That you are to protect yourself against the fiery darts of the devil. And if you don't understand who you are in Christ, and if you're not walking as you should, you're going to the battlefield ill-equipped, unprepared, with no protection, 
See, many of us, we, well, I shouldn't say many, but some of us think that, you know, or or enter prayer thinking that, you know, God is just going to do this thing in our life. But we're not following the blueprint. Ephesians is giving us a blueprint this morning. Let us open to the book of Ephesians, last verses of chapter 4, and we're going to read on in chapter 5 through verse 7. Chapter 4, verse 31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Therefore, chapter 5, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity and covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this. That everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or, or is covetous, covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. Amen. I'll tell you that when I was preparing this message, I was so tempted to just stay in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. But the reality is, is that the Bible is straight. The Bible doesn't dodge and swerve and am I being politically correct? Am I I want to be careful not to offend anybody. Bible is straight. And because of that, we need to preach the whole truth. The point this morning is that Paul, in, in, in few words, is telling the Christian to be set apart from the world. We can't mix the lifestyle of this world, the ideology, the philosophy with the life God has given us. There is no passive way to say it. We need to understand that there is a cost to follow the Lord. See, salvation is free. When we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, he comes into our lives, forgives us of our sins, but there is a cost we must be willing to die to those things in our lives. 
that have separated us from God. How many are with me this morning? See, if, I, if this morning, if I paint that the Christian life is all blessing and no self-sacrifice, if that's the illusion that I portray, then I've led you wrong. See, there's a beautiful life in Christ, but it comes when we die to those things in our lives. When we begin to say, Lord, I'm not going to carry this anymore. I'm going to be separate. I'm going to follow you. There are two distinct commands given to us in chapter 5. Imitate God and walk in love. And then there is a, a list of things that we shouldn't be doing anymore. And I want to tell you this morning that if you follow the two commands that God has given us, you don't have to worry about the rest. And I'll tell you why this morning. When something comes between me and my spouse, me and my wife, whether it be my work, whether it be my priorities, whether it be something, I will quickly dislike that thing because I want to keep the relationship that I have with her. When you imitate God and when you have this loving relationship, when you walk in love with Christ, you don't have to learn to hate sin. It will happen automatically because you don't want nothing to come between you and your relationship. Am I making sense this morning? What imitating is not. Let's, let's talk about imitating this morning because the Bible says imitate God which seems kind of impossible to do at glance. Paul said in Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Now, for many years, I could not make a coffee that I enjoyed if my life depended on it. I could not. I would always be buying my coffee at the coffee shop, um, and I would buy different, my wife is my witness. I'd buy different types of machines. When we first got married, I bought this really expensive coffee machine, never used it. I mean, maybe used it once or twice. And I was like, man, this coffee is gross. You know, so, but it wasn't until recently. See, it, it took about 18 years. We've been married for 18 years. It took 18 years to perfect the art of the coffee that I like. And that recipe I have in a vault somewhere, and I won't share it. But, you know, now I go to the grocery store, and I buy the ingredients for my coffee. And when I buy half and half, I have a choice. I can buy the organic, right, grass-fed cows that live on a, on a grassy hill and have sunshine all day, kind of half and half, or, I, or there's the, the imitator. One thing that you don't want to see in your ingredients, if you're like me, is imitation. 
You don't want to see that label. Who, who, would, who would want imitation cheese on their chilaquiles? Nobody. What imitation means to us today is definitely different than what it meant here in chapter 5. Completely different. Now, I find it interesting how Paul says to imitate God as beloved children. Now, I, I can say one thing for certain. I love my children, and I know they love me. They imitate me, and that comes with a good and bad. They imitate the good that I do. They also imitate the things that I don't want them to copy. My daughter, in a very early age, loved to draw. And I would begin to show her how to draw because I can draw, right? And she would look over and she would, you know, she, you got to understand my daughter. She, she's, she, uh, she has her own way. But she will look and she will draw it. But as soon as I go and come back, she would draw something different. It's kind of like it, but it's her own spin on it. She followed me. She followed my example, but it wasn't a copy. This morning, the command to imitate means to follow the example. Many Christians this morning want to copy. They don't want to imitate. Because copying is easy. But how many of you, especially if, you, if, you've, if you've done some side work or, you know, you've had a business or, you know, now everything's done through, you know, internet and invoices through the internet, but... Back in my day, I would write invoices to the client. And I would write it on a carbon copy. And I would give the client the original, and I would keep the carbon copy. Today, when we look at what God is doing in people and in churches... Many times we can make the mistake by looking at the carbon copy and not focus on the original. We, we, we try to copy and imitate because we want to know what, what's the secret. What are they doing? But that's not what God is asking us to do this morning. He's not asking us to copy people He's asking us to follow his example. And the thing that I find is that when we try to copy something that's been done already or what God has done in that person, we're going to get, we're, not, we're never going to get the original. We're always going to get the carbon copy with all the fuzz and the imperfections. And then we will replicate that and replicate that. And then we'll be so far off from what God intended us to do. This morning, we should not be imitating man. We need to imitate Christ. Now, 
and, and to, to summarize that, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, it says this. They, referring to the Jews, serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. In that story, if you remember, because that was one of the first books we went through, the Jews were hard-pressed. They weren't easily converted to Christ. And they had an issue because they had their traditions and they had their ways and they had their lifestyle. But Paul was saying, or the author was saying, listen, that's just a copy. That is not what you're supposed to follow. You're supposed to follow Christ. He, now that he is in the world, now that he's been resurrected, that is your example. Get your eyes off of the copy. Because in our English language, imitate and copy, they're, they're, they're identical. But that's not what the Bible is saying here. God is not asking us to copy. Another synonym is emulate. Now, emulate means to match or surpass a person's achievement. When we try to emulate an achievement, we may not get the same result. And in trying to, it becomes an unhealthy pursuit out of what God has designed for your life. When we see what God did for that person and wondering, when is God going to do that for us? In essence, what we're doing is we're trying to emulate something that we saw. God has not called us to emulate people. There's two phone manufacturers. I don't know in your life based on what you see in other people. Does that make sense this morning? Amen. Now, it's okay to imitate godly people. In the words of Paul, he said, imitate me as I follow Christ. To imitate a man or a woman of God doesn't mean that you copy their exact lifestyle nor that you try to achieve their level of success, it means that you take note of their godly character and apply it to your own life. This morning, how can we even imitate God? How is that even possible this morning? The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.15, it says, You shall be holy... For I am holy. Now, if we're to imitate God, we need to be holy. God is telling us to be holy. In Matthew 5, 48, it says, Therefore, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Wow, okay. Now I got to be holy and I got to be perfect. Jesus said that. This is looking pretty grim right now. In Luke 6.36, it says, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Okay, so I got to imitate God. I got to be perfect. I got to be holy and merciful. Okay, 
I got it. Now, in the book of Zechariah, the prophet said in verse in chapter 4, verse 6, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. When you come into a relationship with Christ, you are given the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus, before Jesus went to the cross, he told his disciples that I'm going to send a helper to be with you forever. That helper is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. It's the third person of Christ. It's God living in you. And the things that you can't do, the Holy Spirit activates in your life. There are things that you maybe think, I could never do that. Lord, I can't be perfect. I can't be holy. You're right. You can't. But the power that is in you can do that. Amen. Walk in love and imitate Christ. How do we even do that? How do we even imitate God? Through developing a relationship with the Holy Spirit. That's how we do it. Things that are impossible for you are not impossible to God. And as we become a church that imitates God and walks in love, there's nothing that can stop what God wants to do in this place. This morning, let us us bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning.